fantastic friend of the program, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, joins the show to play a little bit of fill-in-the-blank, answer some mailbag questions. But first, hey, there are some players with some new skill sets on this Michigan State team. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions. They apply Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, friend of the program, friend in real life. It is beautiful to see your face again, Stephen. How on earth are we doing as we are now less than two weeks away from Spartans versus Chips, under the lights, Stripes Stadium? God, how are we feeling, Stephen? How are we feeling? Um, um, better than ever. You just got me fired up there, man. I mean, there's like you you kind of took my line. I mean, there's two signs since I was a, since I was a wee child. There's two two signs of football seasons around the corner. It's the weather and it's Matt yep. Sheehan on my computer. So you know, <laughs> for, for a good twenty plus years, it's it's like Groundhog Day. Yes. Uh, you know, that's the sign that football's right around the corner. So I know we're almost there. Uh, really excited to get after. I think it's a super interesting season coming up here. Quite honestly, I don't know. Yeah, maybe from your, you know, I think I can imagine you're going to be on a ride this year. But I think it's really interesting when you look at the whole picture of, of where the program is and, and Mel Tucker's entire time here and everything. And also, as I'm sure we'll talk about, I mean, there's so many unknowns. And I, and I, yeah. get you, I guess you could say that every year in every preseason because what do we really actually know, you know, as media bozos? But this year specifically, I mean, it's, it's like the, it's, it's right in line with that COVID year in terms of what the heck was this going to look like? You know, I got obviously first year staff back then. Yeah, um, there's so much that we don't know about this team heading into game one. So before we you know start talking more about, hey, what's going to go on in two weeks, Spartans versus Chippewas, let's actually roll the clock back about two weeks. Because, Stephen, never let anyone tell you that you are not creative because you blend together perfectly ball-knowing ability and then creativity. Because you did a piece for 24-7 sports. It was three players with skill sets that have never Ben at East Lansing under Mel Tucker here. Just want to talk about that piece here because I won't spoil it. I won't say the three players with the skill sets. I'll let you do all the talking for that because uh, these are also three players that could very well be very important for this interesting year coming up for Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. It was something that I've been wanting to write. Uh, it just sort of hit me. You know, it's like these are these are three guys with, with tools that they haven't really had under Mel Tucker. I want to be clear. Not that they've never had, you know, players like this, but you look at uh, Jaron Mangum coming in from South Florida, previously played under Mel at Colorado, you know, uh, 6'2-ish and 235 pounds, I think he's listed at, uh, maybe even a touch bigger than that, you know, on the right day. You, they they haven't had that type of guy, a, a, like a true battering ram type of running back. Now, you might say Connor Hayward. Well, you know, how many of you guys really enjoyed watching Connor Hayward run the ball? Let's be honest. I mean, everybody yeah. loved what he did at the yeah. end of his career. <laughs> And he turned things around and, and turned himself into a pro and, and probably yes. a long time pro. And, and great for him. Like, great for good on him, good on the staff, good on everybody for figuring that out and buying in and, and everything that that took. 
but think back to 2020 or or earlier and some of those carries you know where it was just snap handoff stonewalled you know or, or the yeah. hole is over here and, and, and they're going over here or just running right up the linemen's backs and it just it, it wasn't pretty i mean he wasn't a natural running back uh he'd never played that until he went to college he was a wide receiver slot quarterback running back tight you know he was like a just a swiss army knife in high school and everything so anyway Jaron Mangum is a is a tried and true running back with running back instincts and and, and experience and in, in those techniques and skills. So I think having a true big bag is is obviously something they haven't had. I think it's going to be valuable. I think he's I think there's a decent chance he leads them in rushing touchdowns this year. Okay. Obviously, you know you get to the goal line, you want a guy like that in there. Uh, short yardage was a weakness for this team last year. Think about how many third and one, yeah. fourth and ones they lined up for, and you, you knew you know what play, first of all you knew what play was coming. Second of all, you knew it wasn't going to work, you know, a good a good percentage of the time. So uh, I think Mangum's going to be an asset on, on uh, short yardage. And I'm not even just pegging him into this, you know, square pegging him or whatever into this role. I think uh, I think there's a decent chance he, he's, you know, uh, sort of their their 1B back and, uh, and, and gets a whole bunch of carries outside of just those specialized roles. But they haven't had that, right? Uh, you look at the run game, you know, they haven't had tight ends that block very proficiently. Um, again, we all love Connor Hayward. You can you can look up Kenneth Walker's highlights and see Connor uh, making yeah. some great blocks here and there. But if you looked at his entire like 500, 600 snaps or whatever he played, like he looked like a guy who had just picked up the position three months ago, you know, or or, or less uh, in certain situations. So he did some great things. He tried hard. He, he did, you know, he, he was good. He was more than serviceable, but still wasn't sort of a true tight end there. A guy who had had those years of reps, learning blocking technique and, and, and all that. Um, so they bring in a guy, Tyneal Hopper from Boise State, who a six-year player, uh, a six-year player with like 40 games under his belt, but like yeah. 20 receptions and like 200 yards <laughs> receiving, you know? So what does that tell you? And, and then you, if you ever see any of this film, you know, he's a very willing blocker. He's a, he's an adept blocker. He, he, he's about 6'2", 240-ish, something like that. So he's not this like, rangy sexy ta uh, target that you want to get moving downfield i mean he's sort of like a fullback out there a modern day fullback uh so i think he's you know again connor hayward tyler hunt you know salute uh tried their hardest and, and some of these other guys but when you as much flack as the offensive line has taken the last couple of years the tight ends deserve just as much if not more probably attention gotcha. for how they were you know the crack in the dam that blew everything up up front so if they could have a if they could have a High-level blocking tight end. I think that would do wonders for this offense. I think that can be Tiny Hopper. Maybe it's Jalen Franklin from Wisconsin. Maybe I just have the wrong guy, but the right skill set. Um, he's he hasn't played as much though, and I've seen what Hopper can do on tape. So, but I've heard some mm -hmm. decent things about Franklin as well. And then the third guy is a uh, Tumiche Adelea, transfer from Texas A&M. Folks were really excited about in the spring. Or Hold the, time out. Great, great pronunciation, by the way. We, we are not going to let that slide by and not point that out. That, I have been fumbling my way through his name the entire offseason. That was eloquent, Stephen Brooks. Uh, wow. I'll give you another one. You. I, I've had reps. I'll give you another one. Tuniche Adelea, uh, big defensive end, came in at like 290 pounds. Um, and he, the thing he's been talking to us about is like playing, you know, this is a little bit inside baseball, but most like, Zero technique, which is means you're lined up head up over the center, uh, nose guard, you know, folks will, will understand that. And then all the way out to a nine technique, which is about as wide as you can go as a defensive lineman outside of the tight end. 
what he's saying is just every single spot along the defensive line, any gap, any alignment on the D line, he feels comfortable doing and he's expecting to do. Uh, so I think he's going to be a major first and second down factor on rundowns. Again, 290, 280 pound defensive end should be much more physical presence for him there, much sturdier, you know, uh, so they don't get folded up on the edges there. And then third down, boom, you bump him inside. Now he's rushing against the center and a guard as a like a nose guard, true defensive tackle, something like that. And now maybe you've got Winman next to him on the outside or Zion Young or Darren Brule, something like that. So they can get creative. They haven't had that type of guy. You know, they've had good defensive tackles. They've had good defensive ends. They haven't had a guy that can just, you know, shake shift in between any of those roles that you want. Um, so if he can tap into his potential, look, the guy's only played, I think, three college football games. Maybe it's two. Not a lot. But if he can start to live up to that four-star pedigree coming out of high school and, uh, you know, his measurables look good, his athleticism is, is reportedly very good. If he can start doing some things like that and be a, like I said, just a transformer along that defensive line and do different things and never come off the field, allow them to do to to have different looks without him coming off the field. That's, again, a skill set that they haven't had uh, so far. So those are three guys that I'm really intrigued about. I don't know. I don't think any of them are uh, necessarily ceiling raisers. Maybe their floor okay. raises a little bit. I don't know if they raise the ceiling of this team. So I don't want, you know, that to be like, this is a, um, you know, I don't want that to be the thing. But these are three individual guys that uh, tool bag wise, they haven't had so far. Love that. Absolutely love that. Also, like with, with Tumi Shea as well, like he also looks like he's 33 years old. I like yeah. he, he's just a he's just a grown man. Like when you started to see the original pictures out of media day of him, like talking to the media, it's like, oh, who's who's this assistant coach who's been in college <laughs> coaching for 12 years? It's like, oh, that's that's like the redshirt sophomore that we just got from Texas A&M. Very, very fun. Awesome. Also, really quick, I gotta call myself out. I just used the word blent before all that instead of the word blended. Um that's the grammar you get here on Locked on Spartans. We're not going to let that no, slide out. No, 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 no. We, we are transparent. We are honest. We take accountability on this podcast here. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for that whole breakdown. We're just going to send you to the bench for a little bit because I, you, you carried the whole first segment there. And also, I need to talk to people's ears off about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. So that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and my favorite part, for free. Gang, it's so easy to add your job on LinkedIn Jobs. And once you do so, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to let people know that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what are you waiting for out there? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Sorry, linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions. You got that right, Buster. They apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, checking back into the game here. It is the one, the only, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Uh, Thanks again just for really carrying the load of that first segment here. Um, I'm going to repay you by doing a game that we haven't done in a very long time on Locked On Spartans. I'm kidding. We did this last week with John Kirby. It's called fill in the blank. I'm just going to have a sentence. There's going to be a blank. Stephen, I'm just going to politely ask you to fill that blank in. Are you ready, sir? I think so. This sounds pretty complex, but we'll, really, we'll, we'll walk through it. We'll walk, crawl, run, or whatever. Crawl, walk, run. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. If you need a breather, we'll hit pause. We'll edit all the things okay. out. But, uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. here we go. Showtime. Blank is a guy no one is thinking of but could get a starting job. Blank is a guy no one is thinking about but could get a starting job. Or if there are no starting jobs, maybe someone that is really going to see their production increase going into this year. Mr. Brooks. Wow. I got him, folks. I got him. Yeah. I got him. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm thinking of the answer. I'm not trying to figure out the rules. That was a joke. Uh, let me see. I mean, I feel like a lot of folks know the names. Like mm-hmm. somebody who's not. Uh, okay, well, here's here's one I think, and, and this can sort of touch a lot of things. Jordan Hall, you know, is a true freshman linebacker. Okay. I think he's going to be a factor. Uh, in fact, it, uh, from the freshman class, he's number one with a bullet, firmly number one, I think, in terms of who's going to be a contributor. And it's kind of funny when you look at that class, like it's the highest ranked class they've had with this staff, highest ranked class the program's had in, in you know, good six, seven, eight years. And I can really only name like that. I don't need I don't need a second hand to pick guys that probably play, you know, and burn their red shirt this year. But Jordan Hall is, is the first one by far. I think he if he's healthy, I, I think he can probably play in every game. I do think he'll mm-hmm. rotate in on defense. They just they love what he brings. You see him out there in practice and it's like, oh, that's a junior. Right. You know, like, is he gearing up for a big season to try to make it to the league or something like he physically fits in better than the returning guys. Basically, I mean, he, okay. he's, he's, he's put together, ready to go. Uh, and they say his his mind is just, you know, is like a Chad GPT out there. He's just – he's very much ahead of the curve and, and pick things up quickly. So I guess that – I mean, maybe even – I don't want to go that far. He's not – with what they have, he's not starting for a challenging – or challenging for a starting job. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, elsewhere, I'm trying to think, there's not many other holes where I think a guy could come out of nowhere. I think it's a lot of guys we've seen or heard about. I mean, receiver – is competitive, but you guys know all those names. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line's competitive, but you know all those names. You've seen most of those guys other than, you know, Blackstock comes in and he's competing. Uh, so, yeah, I guess just give me Jordan Hall as maybe a semi-out-of-nowhere guy. But other than that, I think, I think it's a lot of familiar names. I like that just because of how hard it is for a true freshman to step into any starting role, let alone a linebacker role here. But – Hey, look, he, he looked great in that open practice on Big Ten Network that a lot of us fans saw. We're like, hey, maybe he can be an instant contributor, but we've been burned on spring practice before. You know, <laughs> I mean, Davion Prim was going to win the Heisman one spring, and then next thing you know, it nowhere to be seen. Uh, fast forward a few months later, but I want to throw a name on the wall here, and l- let me know how off base I am. Chance Rucker, I feel like. I'm hearing his name a lot. That's clearly a position that well, could use any help that they could possibly get. Where do you see him in the pecking order, though, for cornerback? Like, is he even close to perhaps maybe getting, like, not not a starting position, but, like, instantly in the two deep, you think? Or is there a bit of a gem that I'm not seeing there? 
I kind of see him as if he's if he's really ready, he probably is on the fringe of the two deep. I mean, okay. I think you're looking at to me the the starters are going to come out of Chuck Brantley, of course, and then mm-hmm. Dylan Tatum or Terry Roberts, the transfer they brought in from interesting, uh, okay, Miami, Miami via Iowa. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that the again the starters I think will come out of there, but I mean, Marquis Lowry I think is still in that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Caleb Coley has been making a move and he's, he was a guy coming out of high school. I liked a lot. I think a day Willie uh, also in that class, you know, was sort of a sleeper when he came in, but it's not somebody to be overlooked. So I think it would be, uh, I think at best, you know, chance would probably be in that, in that um, fringy two deep thing where we could see him from time to time could see him on special teams, but uh, I think he's a while away. So I, I think, the, I think those guys ahead of him, we're going to get their shot first. And let's just talk about, I'm sure, a topic that you never talk about with fans, uh, people on the 24-7 Sports Message Board, but there's a quarterback battle going on, Stephen Brooks. So for sake of conversation, let's preface it with this, that right now, if the game started right now against Central Michigan, that Noah Kim is your starting quarterback. So, Stephen, for this next one, if Kim is at the goal line, Caden Hauser is at the blank yard line, basically – how close is he to meeting where Kim is at going into the season? Are we at the one yard line here or are we still back at like the, the 18 yard line or not even in the red zone mm. here in your opinion? I know. I would, I, I mean, if Kim's so Kim's on the one, then I think Hauser's on the two, you know, two okay. and a half. I think it's very okay. close. I think he's started, you know, I, I think maybe they started camp, like let's say two yards apart, you know, uh, okay. for whatever, for these purposes. I, th- I think Kim, I think Hauser has made a move. I don't think Noah's been bad or by any mm-hmm. stretch. I think he's uh, done a lot of things that people hope to see from him. But I think Hauser has been more like, man, that's really interesting. Not just sort of status quo, like, all right, we got it. We've seen it. Let's move on. Like, I think he's made a move forward. Not that Kim's made a move back. Uh, those things don't have to correspond. Sure. But, yeah, I think he's one yard behind him. I think he's sneaking right up on him. But I do still think – that there is a little bit of daylight in between them. And again, I agree with you. I mean, if they had to line them up, I think Noah would be the guy. And also, you know, even if he pull, even if they're nose to nose and they're, they're eye to eye, whatever, you know, I do think that there's credibility to that idea that you just let the older guy go first, because if you have to pull a lever, then it's easier. And everybody sort of understands, all right, we gave the older guy a shot. Now it's the younger guy's turn versus the younger guy. If you yank him, you know, you've got confidence issues and, and all sorts yeah. of different things that can come into play and come into play. I, I just think it's it's more it's a little smoother for for team chemistry, morale, for for confidence, for everything between the ears, QB room uh, chemistry, all that stuff. If you if you have the, it's easier to pull the older guy for the younger guy than vice versa. It just it just is for dynamics. Yeah, and I mean, look, we, we all know that on paper at least, or the, you know, the recruiting sites that Kate Hauser, he's the guy with the higher ceiling than Noah Kim, of course. Also, you know, physically built bigger than Noah Kim. So when was that going to finally catch up to the experience and skills that Noah Kim has? Because look, I'm not dogging Noah Kim. Like he very clearly a, a solid quarterback. I mean, in the very small sample size we have and also what we've seen in the practice, but it, it's just been fascinating to watch this horse race from afar to see, you know, if or when the gap can be closed, but, I mean, again, we less than two weeks. That's still a world of difference, and this is a quarterback battle that I I still think is going to go on the first two weeks of the season. So that's just how I read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be settled in September, not August. You know, I, yeah. of course, they'll come out with an idea, but I think this is going to go into September, much like we saw at Michigan last year. Um, I just think, you know, I think, I think. 
Hauser is providing more of those like wow moments versus Kim is mm -hmm. providing like that comfort, you know, of like steady Eddie, like don't do anything crazy, make the right check, don't gamble with the ball, you know. Remember back to the last time it was really heated like this was Peyton Thorne and Anthony Russo and Peyton Thorne oh, took yeah. care of the ball. Anthony Anthony Russo was was a little more gunslinger and, and willy nilly with it, uh, and yeah. that's what won him the job. So this staff, this offense, and everything is going to be much more comfortable with somebody that they can trust and, and close their eyes. They know what they're going to get, even if the fireworks over here are like really pretty to look at. But over here is just like you know the warm blanket in the in the glass of milk. Like they're going <laughs> to pick that. So that's that's just how they operate. I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, we are going to crack open the mailbag here. And uh, Stephen, for this one, get the beer stein out, get the wiener schnitzel out, uh, put the later hosens on because it is Thomas all the way from Germany writing oh. in here, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. I have a question about the transfer portal specific, specifically as it relates to Michigan State this year. Generally, players enter the portal for Two reasons. One, attractive NIL deals. Two, they get buried under their current team's roster and are seeking a chance to compete for a starting spot somewhere else. While instances like catching lightning in a bottle with Kenneth Walkers are remarkable, I'd like to ask, is any part of you concerned a significant portion of our transfer uh, players are coming from programs like UConn, Liberty, Boise State, Southern Florida, etc., that would not typically be considered Big Ten level recruits? I think that there is a lot of validity to that question because yeah, Liberty not necessarily, uh, you know, have, having a lot of luster on that shine. South Florida, especially in the last few years. But, Stephen, I'll let you dance first. I certainly have thoughts on this. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good question worth asking um, from our guy Thomas all the way from over the pond in Germany. It is. Uh, you know, you got to look at every guy individually and, and look at the, the circumstances. I mean – you can say right. you can say Liberty, but you could also say Auburn for Dre Butler, you know, and, and why did he end up there or whatever. But he, he has power five experience. Jaron Mangum and started at Colorado and then went to South Florida. So at one point, you know, these were power five guys. And, and you know, so they at least had the measurables. That, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And they have the talent, obviously, to get there at one point. Now, do they just want a quicker path to the field or whatever uh, happened to make them leave their initial school? But, I mean, I, there's a lot of other guys. Uh, to Miche from Texas A&M you know, a program of a certain stature folks might've heard about. Uh, Alante Brown's a guy I'm very yeah. curious about from Nebraska, you know, a little bit of history over there. Uh, let me see. Tiny Hopper, as I said, from Boise State, I mean, come on, they, they, they've done some things. I, I think you can feel good about getting the guy out of there. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure there's others. Uh, who am I not thinking of here? But there, there's other power five. Jared Jackson from, from, yeah, Jared uh, Jackson. from Florida State. Jalen Sami from Colorado, I think, is going to be maybe the most impactful guy that they brought in. So I don't even know if that's fully accurate, to be honest. Terry Roberts was at Iowa and Miami, two power fives. Uh, Armorian Smith was from Cincinnati, which is moving into power five, but was yeah, like Boise State, was cream of the crop in group of five. So I don't know if that's uh, if that's totally accurate. And look, uh, they brought a kid in from UNLV last year, which is one of the you know 10 worst programs in the sport. Yeah. <laughs> And he walked in the door yeah. as one of the five best players on the roster. So I don't think you have to worry so much about that because because everything is so unique. Like Jacoby Women mm -hmm. wanted a crack at the big time, and he came up and, you know, for certain segments, proved it very well. Um, and then there's other guys, like, you know, that just needed a change of opportunity. They had a coaching change again, like Jalen Sami went through tons of coaching changes over at Colorado. He just wants some stability and, and an opportunity for his last year. 
uh, Jaron Mangum wanted to work his way back up and started there, went down, wanted to come back up, wanted to come up. So the, the, everything being so unique and sort of bespoke for each guy, um, doesn't, that's why I don't think you can label them just off where they came from. I mean, look, Western Michigan had a couple kids uh, hit the portal this off season. I think are going to be big deals where they ended yeah. up and Michigan state did not pursue them. There's a, there was a linebacker and a D tackle, at least, I think, uh, I think the D tackle ended up at Florida state. I forget about the backer. But anyway, I two kids I think that are going to help them out. And Western Michigan was was nothing last year, nothing notable. So, you, you know, everything is it's it's just so uh, individualized and unique that I don't think you can paint with that broad of a brush. Yeah, and my point too is a lot of these are just depth pieces too. Like you, you go to Liberty and you know, Florida State to get Trey Butler, Jared Jackson. All right, one guy came from Liberty. Again, it, it's not Alabama to, to say the least. And another guy came from, well, the two deep of Florida State's depth chart. However, like these aren't your starting defensive tackles. And what was a big priority for Mel Tucker is to beef up on that defensive line. It may sound silly that like, oh, you're just going for size, but that actually does matter in football, especially when you are trying to stop the run. So you get rid of guys like Michael Fletcher. No disrespect. I mean, I thought he was a fine player here. But you go get a guy that's three inches taller, 40 pounds heavier in, in the portal. Or also a guy like Jaron Mangum, a guy that he wasn't a starter at USF down there. But just like we talked about in the first segment, that's a player that has never been in East Lansing under Mel Tucker. And Lord knows the issues with third and short, fourth and short. So you get a guy like that. I mean, so again, it, it is individual case-by-case -case basis. A lot of these guys are coming from schools that you don't really think about when you think of traditional powers. But I also think for the Nathan Carter specifically, I think that is more of a canine thing where it's like, yeah, I had my fun over here. It's time to do it at a bigger school with more national exposure. And what better place to do it than, well, the place where a guy just won a Doak Walker award two years prior. Uh, so I, I think that was Nathan Carter's situation where, hey, Stores, Connecticut is a lot of fun. I'm having a great time here, but yeah. let's I think there's something else better out there for me. <laughs> let's revisit Nate Carter in November and see if, if where he came from is any type of issue. Uh, I just have I would love to. Yeah, but no, like uh, again, I, I think it's a legitimate question to ask. Uh, so yeah. thank you very much, Thomas, for that one. Now for this next one here, uh, Stephen, I don't know how much we delve into the world of uh, financial advice, but we are going to do it because Luke writes in here, hey, looking at the spread for CMU versus Michigan State at minus 14 and a half. Our Spartans are favored 14 and a half points. Luke writes in, should I put my bank account on this? I think we win by 20 plus. Your thoughts. I would also like to say there's a lawyer behind me. He suggests that I say that nothing we say can be held against us. And what we are saying is just friendly recreational banter, not actual financial advice. Did I say that right, lawyer? Okay. All right. We're good. We're, we're ready to go. Okay. Perfect. Terms and conditions may apply. I love spending other people's money. So let's do it. Uh, yes. Yes. Go, go, go. Bye, bye, bye. Um, I mean, it's a little concerning, yeah. Like, you'd like to see that, I think, around 21 and a half, 22, yeah. 20 and a half. Yeah. You know, it's a little concerning. Um, uh, they, you know, Central uh, brings back, I think, a decent amount of their defense. I'm not so sure about yeah. offensively. You know, they lost the running back that, that was killing it a while ago. I believe, mm -hmm. at least. I don't think he's still there. But nope, they do. Sure. Lou Nichols, he's out of there. He's, he's out. out. There. Okay, yeah. So Thank God. In the NFL and everything. So, yeah. Um, so there's that, but yeah, you, you just as we you, you should just sheer outsize these guys, and that's pretty much the case every time. But especially with what they've done this year on the D line and everything, I mean that's legit. They look different now. 
uh, you know, mm-hmm. I know the BTN crew was over there and, and, and you know, hyping on everything. I think a lot of that was the eye test, quite honestly, because you go over there now and it looks like those teams you see on TV. Like, I mean, don't misconstrue this, but I mean, like those big SEC teams like uh, Georgia, yeah. whoever, but just the size wise, there's nobody out there that you're like, huh. You know, there's not like these guys like Simeon Barrow, Maverick Hansen, like are now like the small guys in their room. And like if they had never added any tackles, like I would feel pretty good about them as a, as a starting duo or Derek Harmon, throw him in there. They all look like Harmon now. Remember when they Harmon came in? We were like, look how big this guy is. Like they're all yeah. that size now for the most part. Um, and that's going to be the standard moving forward. So anyway, uh, they should be able to beat them by more than 14 and a half points. They should. If they don't, it's a problem. And, and there's, you know sound every alarm, uh, send up every smoke signal, whatever you got to do, because that's not good. You know, Centros should not be within that many points. So, yeah, go ahead, empty out the piggy bank, do what you got to do. Uh, and, and you don't want that stress either. Like, you don't want it to, to bet it the other way. You don't want to be watching game one. You're all excited for the season to come back. Like, no. Bet, you know, align the vibes, align the bet in the same path there. You want that. And, and, and again, you, you should – Definitely plan on seeing Michigan State win by more than that. Because if not, then uh, then it's, it's like I said, hit the red button and stop all future bets. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen at that point. That that would be a dicey situation. They should they should definitely win by more than that. Took a lot of the words right out of my mouth. Like yes, they should physically outmatch, especially with all the off season moves they made on the defense, and then with the depth that we keep hearing about on the offensive line. You should be able to beat Central by more than 14 points. And look, I, I think Vegas spreads are a good indicator of, you know, right. how teams match up on the road versus home, yada, yada, yada. But like I, this one, I hope is going to be like that spread where Northwestern was actually favored against us in week one in 2021. Mm-hmm. And they're just way off base here. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Could it get a little squirrely with the quarterback competition? You got, you know, guys coming in every two series. Maybe, maybe that's how I could justify that it's only 14 and a half. But again, Lou Nichols is not there. And I got to say, I, I thought that he was there until I looked at like two or three weeks ago, just looking up Central Michigan. It's like, uh-huh. oh my God, he's not even there anymore. This Oh, this is fantastic news. This is yeah. great. But still, this is a team that the media polls or the coaches poll, I forgot which one they do in the MAC for the preseason, has Central Michigan in the smack dab middle of their division. Like they got no first place votes. They're not uh-huh. anywhere near the top. You should at home, in a sold-out crowd, be able to boat race the chips. So, Luke, yeet that account. (laughs) Hold on to the Spartans. Minus 14.5. But also, don't come crawling here if that doesn't hit, please. No, you're good. You're good. Stone Cold Lock. We guarantee it. Uh, message me at locked on spartans at gmail.com and then i will give you Stephen brooks email address to invoice him any losses this whole entire season not just week one uh but until then steven this was awesome anything you want to plug before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your week here my man um just you guys know spartantailgate.com is the easiest way uh and then everything there the shaw lane message board uh for our vip people uh sign up as a vip um, lots of great stuff going on now, all the way through camp, all the way through the season, and on and on and on, and then on the cycle goes. So if you like what we got or uh, into recruiting, want to get into recruiting, uh, want to hear you know some more in-depth columns and analysis, all that stuff, just come over, check it out, and sign up if you like what you see, and we'd be happy to have you. It's pretty cool over there, if, if, in my unbiased opinion. 
Sure. Yeah, why not? Well, I'll throw you that bone. Why not? Yeah, I think you do good work, Stephen. You know, yeah. uh, but no, hey, thanks, thanks a lot for setting the tone for this week, Stephen. We're uh, working on some other fun guests for this week as well. But hey, you guys know where to find us every day leading up to kickoff and beyond. It's Locked on Spartans. Now go enjoy the rest of your week, you beautiful people. Love you all. Go great.